This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now but to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're dealing with a dead husband who isn't actually quite dead, but now he's in jail. Mm. That's okay, too. As we mm-hmm. begin Spine 203 of the Criterion Collection, the BRD trilogy of Rainier, Werner, Fastbinder. And first up within that big spine is Ugh. Spine 204, The Marriage of Maria Braun from 1979. But first, RJ, mm. Merry Christmas, in quotes. Allegedly. Allegedly. I mean, when is this? Uh, are we time traveling with this episode? Yep. Okay, so it is Christmas. It's Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. I think you said spine member, and I feel like that's probably what they should have went with instead of spine numbers. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Merry Christmas. How's your Christmas day, Jarrett? Uh, serene. How is your... Um, magical. Oh, uh, magical. The, the, yeah. the snow is falling from mm-hmm. the sky into mm-hmm. this recording studio as I speak. Mm-hmm. It is festive. There is mistletoe and mm-hmm. nutmeg, all mm-hmm. the this gingery seasonal spices. They're all, they're, they're all floating in the air. The aromas, you know, invade your body. Your pores just ooze. Mm. What else is invading your body? Uh, sugar. Okay. Lots of, What's lots your of, go to Christmas treat? Like uh, sweet treat. If if it's presented to me, mm-hmm. turtles. Just plain Jane turtles, not like you know how they have all the fancy brands yeah. now. I'll take a regular old turtle. I know they got that like salty caramel types that are pretty good. Mm. Sweet, those and are salty. pretty good. Those are pretty good. But th- those would be like that. That's like it's hard to resist. What about a uh, salty Christmas treats? Salty Christmas, like nuts and bolts treats. type stuff. Mm, yeah, that's the stuff that you kind of graze upon. I don't know if you necessarily mm-hmm. uh run toward those things but. i was at a christmas party on friday and i took down a lot of bugles it, it wasn't oh. just bugles they were in a trail mix like nuts and bolts kind of thing but i was targeting the bugles and i think people started to notice yeah so uh my Did... friend's mom makes nuts and bolts and puts dill on it it's pretty good not bad well, not bad Little dill. Mm-hmm. Little dill jared what's uh so turtles is that like did you guys do stockings as little kids uh yeah nah. yeah there was turtles there there was yeah there was uh stockings not well not... I know you're well you're a heathen sinner so I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if you celebrated Christmas right well I remember oh. f- from last week I I hate Christmas correct yeah yeah so I actually I mean I'm I'm covering up for the pain that I'm in all at all mm-hmm. times during this period of time but you know I'm doing okay doing fine is uh, it because you I... wish you were Catholic. No. Okay. I don't. Just... And how how are things for you, believer? Uh, you you know what we woke up to this morning? Our furnace was out. On Christmas Day. Wow. On Christmas Day. Yeah, time travel on Christmas Day. So can you imagine the bill? Oh, hey. I've had to deal with, I, I had to deal with the, a water tank at a house I was looking after. And that Christmas? And it was uh, Christmas Eve. Oof. <laughs> hey, I didn't have to pay for it. You just called the uh, fix-it man, and he said, done and done. Yeah, guy showed up uh, pretty quick, surprisingly enough, being paid probably like quadruple time, triple time, something obscene. Mm-hmm. But 
I think I think it's something like I think it's triple or something is what we were led to believe. But yeah. uh, a nice lady came and she fixed it for us, and mm. uh, you know, done, done and done. What was wrong with it? There was a, a wire in the back that was uh, uh, apparently needed jingling or jangling or something like that. <laughs> Good. And then uh, it's never been serviced before, so she just kind of cleaned it out, and it was uh, it's the automatic starter in there because it's it's one of those weird ones. Like there isn't a pilot light. It's one of those eco ones, so like it just clicks on when it needs to, if that makes sense. Uh, so like when I was trying to redo it, there's no pilot light to restart, but you're you're just trying to like restart it. But there's a wire in the back, so uh, this nice lady named Megan had to come and uh, fix it up for us. This is a, a great installment of the Furnace Freaks podcast. Mm, well, I'm sure people are interested out there. For, it's I, I, relatable. I, I, that's why I'm asking. Everyone's it's relatable. Got, people got furnaces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you have one of these eco-friendly things, uh, it sounds like uh, the way Megan explained it is, uh, you know, they're they're good in in some senses, but they're also bad in others because they, they have more parts to it. So more more things that could potentially go wrong. Outstanding. Uh, and also in other good news, do you remember two years ago when uh, we moved into this new house and there was those neighbors who had that domestic dispute yes. outside of our bedroom? Yes. Guess who's back? <laughs> Out, out on that patio deck. Mm-hmm. So the last two nights, they've been putting, they've been shutting her down at midnight, which is appreciated. But I'm just, as we get closer, and uh, even though this is true Christmas, um, we'll wait until the big. Uh, I think tensions boil and in, up into that Christmas day. So we'll see if, we'll see if um, if things get going on that day. But there's a lot of uh, coughing and uh cans knocking around in the backyard <laughs> and it's really frustrating because it's like it's this lady and uh she airbnbs it out this oh. house so like sometimes like usually we don't notice there were a couple that were like bad like uh university kids but right now it's her actual family and it's like and they're the worst of all <laughs> and it's just so i i don't know jerry it uh, it's very frustrating just because of how close we are, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Well, Do you get a lot of noise in your house? None. <laughs> none? Well, that's Beautiful. it's an older neighborhood. They're, they knew how to space things out a little bit better, right? Yeah. It's true. Shameful. What's going on with you? I don't know. On I this got, Christmas got, Day. Well, we got emails staring oh. us down in the, the creep stocking. Okay, Somebody sure. Somebody broke in, okay. and uh, that's what, what they, they, that's, they left these letters. It's really weird. Oh, you know, so you remember, one Lost, time, remember Lost Highway where it's like you find sure. a VHS tape at your front door and you're like, who left that there? And then it's just footage of the inside of your house. And then someone goes, oh, it must be a realtor. Because that well, that's sense. the most logical thing, Jer. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Isn't it? I mean, that's what they, they, I mean, David Lynch wrote it that way. I mean, he would know. Hey, there's a on a similar note. One time, my friend had his car broken into. Nothing was stolen, but the person left a a binder full of CDs. Hmm. There's a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers in there. Oh, so they needed to get rid of it, huh? They're like, I'm gonna, I gotta, I gotta ditch this thing, dump it in a, a car or something so like that. So did they did they smash a window or did they just open a door? Uh, I believe they opened a door. Oh, so okay. that's uh that's his is, bad. Is, is, but, is, that a, uh, is that a break in? No, that's, uh, I would say... No, um, legally, they would probably classify it as that, but... It's an entering. It is. They entered it. Yeah. So things were shuffled about, and then nothing was taken. It was just something was left. <laughs> well, let's see if uh, there's any mention of 
who that might have been in the emails. <laughs> Maybe it was one of them. Good point. First up, Oliver Granger. Mm, an email okay. entitled Dank Koosh in Lee Ugh. for George Bailey. Big fan of both of them in regards mm. to Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee, for those who didn't listen last week somehow. Mm-hmm. They're in so many great movies together. Why not start there? These are my top three. Horror Express is definitely the best movie they are in together. Apart from yeah. Hamlet, maybe, but I'm sticking with horrors. The House That mm-hmm. Dripped Blood, great horror anthology film. Dracula, Horror of Dracula. That's mm-hmm. it. That's all he's got to say. That's all he's got to say. Short and sweet. That's really it? That's it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know why I expected more. It's just I miss him. This is followed up by George Bailey. The real George Scott, Bailey? This Scott time? himself. Okay. Depending on when you read this, have a Merry Christmas or Happy Boxing Day. So mm-hmm. I watched Horror mm-hmm. Express. He already did it. Nice. What did he think? The music in the movie is what I wouldn't expect in a horror movie. Not that I didn't like it. I enjoyed it. I was wondering, mm. what is your guys' favorite music from movies? Like in general? I guess. I feel like, I mean, this is something that does come up. And I always, yeah. I struggle. Uh, I mean, uh, I've mentioned before, Philip Glass scores are usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Philip Glass? Uh, I don't know. Like... Big Phil? Big Phil? Uh, what's his name? Damn. Hans Zimmer. Oh, Radiohead alum, Johnny Greenwood. The ra- radio starring Cuba G- Gooding Jr. Yes. Oh yeah, that that does a, have a good soundtrack. Yeah, who knew he he went to such like you know ju- whatever school, music schools. schools you know? I think it's Johnny Greenwood. Yeah, I think that's yeah. who you're talking about yeah. there. His stuff's yeah. pretty good, but I think his influence has kind of been terrible <laughs> because mm. everybody does droney sounds now because he he said it was okay to do that. Hmm. Well, I mean, John Carpenter does a, a pretty sweet score back in his heyday. That's true. Did he say specifically score or like music? Well, music? I, I don't think Horror Express really had music in it either, but it had probably a musical score. Score? I'd be hard pressed to tell you what music is involved. The only song I know is when Good Vibrations plays in Vanilla Sky. Other than that, I don't think I've ever noticed music in movies before. Never. Only not a be, single time, except for that uh, sweet Seinfeld music. Well, that's just because I you can tell that they stole it, and it's it's like, do they not feel bad that they did a bad thing? Like you know, hard to say. It's hard to say. It's hard to say, man. Well, uh, I don't know. I'll go with um, uh, who's that one dude? Peter Bogdanovich. Yeah. Yeah, he's in Sopranos a lot. Hey, he is the guy you all the time. The guy you didn't know who it was. I do now. You do now. I do now. Does he make music? Um, no. Okay, I'm gonna stick with Bog. Okay. Yep. Thank you, George Scott. Thank you, George Scott. Next up, Sam Sanchez. Mm. Ooh, baby. Decade list. Oh dear. So just wanted to chime in for you guys to go ahead and do up a top of the decade list, which might just mm. double up as a shitting on modern movies list as well. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Haven't Mayhaps. haven't begun doing mine yet, but would wager stuff like Inside Lou Ellen Davis, Phantom Thread, and Take Shelter, which I think is more an RJ pick than a Jarrett pick, would be on my mm. list somewhere. But who knows? Is that true, RJ? 
Uh, it's funny he should mention because I'm I was just having a peek at said stuff earlier today, and for my 2011 pick, I was like, hmm, should it be Take Shelter or should it be a different film? Oh, a, a different film, you say? A, a so different is, is, film. Is that your root going to? Is your root going to be like one per year? Uh, I, that that was how I was led to believe this thing, but no. I also I've been told I don't listen. So is that it, it, is, no? There there are no rules. You could have five movies from one year if if oh. if a year is that great. But you uh, know you know what I was doing currently. Mm. I was doing my favorite of the year and my least favorite of the year. Oh, but maybe that's too maybe that's too much. Should I just stick with one or the other? <sighs> just favorites I don't know. of the year. Maybe you could have your bottom five. Bottom I, I, of I, I, the I, decade. I, sure. Yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah, because I I don't really need to hear about the ten worst movies. I'll I'll hear about RJ's least favorite films of the decade, okay? And you cap at five. Yeah, mine's. I I have to start looking at that. I don't think it'll be that difficult once I actually get going. But uh, now this decade was it looks pretty bunk. I don't know if you've listened to another podcast lately, but uh, they've been doing their lists. Mm. Oh, oh man, I think I'm done. <laughs> I saw the um, I actually saw on the Facebook and the Twitter, the somebody did the just very noble thing of putting those hosts lists in visual format, and I looked at it and I was like, it's like I'm I'm good with not having to listen to that episode if the, these are the films that they're talking about. I actually have gladly not listened to podcasts in like four or five weeks. That's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I'm just feeling great, like, oh, dear. Not even our podcast. You know how relieving this is. <laughs> liberating. Liberating. Ugh. Also, with a silent partner and long goodbye recommendations from the past few weeks, Andrew Jarrett discussing Blue Collar last week wanted mm-hmm. to recommend RG check out Charlie Varick sometime down the road. Oh, Not God. sure what caused this recommendation recommendation to pop in my head, other than that's another '70s crime related movie. But figured I'll keep tossing re- recommendations for RJ out there until he actually starts watching these. It has friend of the show <laughs> Walter Mouthow in it, and it's great. Hmm. Well, I, I've been waiting to pick up the Charlie Varick Blu-ray that came out recently-ish, but I just haven't actually went out of my way to watch it. Or maybe it hasn't come out yet. Something like mm-hmm. that. Amazon.ca is sometimes really weird when it comes to Kino stuff. Like, like, Amazon.ca? Yeah. they uh, if, if Particularly if some weird Canadian company has the rights to it, then you won't mm-hmm. get – then they can't sell them, which is really cool, oh. but – you know, that's one. You should take it up with your pal Justin. Yeah, see if he can change some uh, international trading yeah. rules, or he, he can he can put on the strong flex, crack some knuckles. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't call it a strong flex. I don't know if anyone's described him as that before, okay. but well, I have a flex for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, he does a lot of yoga. He's probably pretty strong in the core. And lastly, oh. to the guy who was asking for Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee recommendations. Mm. Definitely will second The Wicker Man, City of the Dead, and Devil Rides Out, but will toss out other Hammer stuff like The Hound of the Baskervilles, The Gorgon, and Cash on Demand. Hmm. Cash on Demand? Apparently, Christopher Lee was in Scream of Fear as well, which I remember really liking a lot, but don't remember how big a role Christopher Lee has in it. Happy holidays to the both of you and to the rest of the creeps out there. And look forward to yet another year of endless years of Criterion Creeps next year. Uh, It really cuts to the heart of it, RJ. Years. Endless years. 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 Well, 
I mean, that's assuming that either of us will be alive at that point, which we've already stated many times is doubtful. No. Maybe one of us, maybe me, but you surely. So when are you going to start like checking out these recommendations? We, 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 we think about you so much and yet. I mean, you, I guess I'd have to pick them up. You don't care about us. You don't, you don't uh, love well, us. Well, it's not them. It's you specifically. Hmm. Um, I guess I would have to leave my house to get them. Right. Which was the problem beforehand, but now it's even more dire. I mean, we're we're dealing with Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day. These are uh, these are important days, Jer. Right. These are days where I don't know about you, but one of my my greatest pleasures in life is being able to have a whole day at my house where I don't have to leave a single time. Yeah, those are pretty good days. Not not even once, like just not even. It's like, hey, can you go to the corner store and get some uh, some creme? And it's like, mm-mm, not leaving the goddamn house. Drink that coffee black, baby. You know what I mean? Some, you know what I mean, Drew? Some creme. Some creme? A little creme? A little creme chez? Mmm, delicious. Uh, I'll Whenever I see you next, I guess I'll maybe pick them up. But maybe it'll be past Christmas and then the time will have come and gone. It's true. Yeah. Next so. up, <laughs> Jackson. Ooh, there he is. Actium Jackson. Happy holidays. Hey, creeps. Mm-hmm. Hope your holidays are going well. First and foremost, I'd like to say that it was nice hearing that others share so much love for Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that movie rules. I was wondering what your favorite Clint Eastwood performances are and what you think of his directing as well. So far mm-hmm. in each department, I think he's pretty good, although his directing seems to have gone downhill a bit with age, while his acting seems pretty consistent, with the best being in the 60s and 70s. Furthermore, what do you think of films like Million Dollar Baby, Gran Torino, and Mystic River? Well... Let's take a look. Let's settle this well, once and for all. I mean, he only has probably like what seventy odd movies a piece for directing and starring in. Directing and starring? Well, movies that he starred in and movies he's directed, which are was he an American things. Sniper? No. Okay, so, that was like, so we that, can that, rule that, that one that out. That was like during his uh, okay forty films he's directed, and he's been in hundred and eleven movies as an actor. So yeah, his. Three most pop, three out of his top four of the mentioned Gran Torino, Million Dollar Baby, Mystic River, and oh, there's there's my Unforgiven. He's nowhere to be seen in Letters from uh, Iwo Jima. Oh, let's take a mm. look. Let's take a look at his direct directions. High Plains Drifter. Yeah, uh, that, that that movie is uh, so scummy. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's great. Uh, Perfect World's pretty good. Perfect World is a good show. Yeah. I uh, I, always, I remember that. It played on air when I was a little boy, and I was like, what is this? And then Jersey Boys came out. Do you remember Jersey Boys, Jer? Vaguely. I watched that on an airplane one time. Uh, man, you know what? For actual movies that he's directed, I have only seen 18. That seems ridiculous. What about Blood Work? I have seen Blood Work and True Crime. Absolute mm-hmm. power. Yeah, I was renting these all from Blockbuster at one point. What about I, Firefox? I saw, I saw, I, I saw Space Cow- Firebox is not supposed to be very good. Space mm-hmm. Cowboys I saw in theater. Space Cowboys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good show. Everyone, everyone's dad no. had that on VHS. No. Did your dad have that on VHS? He, he did not. My dad did. But it is a dad movie. It is. That's kind of Clint Eastwood. He's the epitome of dad? Da- dad cinema. Okay, so going back to the things here, I saw Gran Torino in theaters. Get this, dirt. I'm pretty sure on Christmas Day. Holy shit. Because that was when, uh, you know when it was cool to like leave your family on Christmas? You're like, I got to go hang with my friends. 
and you just go smoke darts in the parking lot and go to movies. I'm pretty sure I saw Gran Torino. And here's another Christmas Day film for you, Jared. I'm pretty sure I saw Seven Pounds on Christmas Day. <laughs> that Will Smith movie. Is, oh, it's not, not the the other Seven Pounds? Which is which one's the other one? Or is I, it Eight Pounds? I, I think there's only the one singular film. Well, I just want to make the distinction clear. Yeah. Uh, I liked Gran Torino when I saw it. I, and then I remember people were like, that movie sucks. I was like, I never thought it was bad. Million Dollar Baby I've never seen. Oh, really? Yep, and uh, it just never happened, and then it was too late, and I was embarrassed, so I just just went on never watching it, and uh, I like Mystic River a lot. I think that movie's awesome. You like that Dennis Lahan? Yeah, but I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I'm not sure if it would hold up. Yeah, I I wasn't crazy about that one. It was okay. Yeah. It was fine, but uh, it mm-hmm. wasn't, even compared to uh, Gone Baby Gone, just didn't, yeah. ha- didn't, didn't quite click the same way. Yeah, well, the Dennis Lahan stuff is here or there right like some i don't know you could uh if you just wanted to compare those we could do gone baby gone mystic river and shutter island oh yeah if you want the shud. they're all they're all in the the, the shud of chud island they're all in the same wheelhouse shutter island Ooh, i think you i think you just had an idea jer edit this out so that nobody can uh scoop us on it scoop. and it'll be the follow-up to capes i've i've seen 35 uh, films with Clint Eastwood in it as an actor yeah okay let me see what I got as an actor alright uh, actor uh, 20 okay it's okay I'm sure you have not seen the like Coogan's Bluff uh, I've seen Escape from Alcatraz pa- Paint Your Wagon I have not seen Paint Your Wagon oh, unfortunately unfortunately you should see the, uh, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot though is a, a good time Oh, I've seen I've seen that one. Yeah. Some guy I knew lent it to me. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I should mm-hmm. actually at some point rewatch the Dirty Harrys. Uh, I did that work for you a little while ago. Remember? Nope. I think I did. No, wasn't that like a couple of years ago? Uh, Was that pre-podcast? I think that might have been pre-pod. Hmm. Well, I remember watching them all. Some of them were good. Yeah. Some of them were not good. Not not nice. Yeah. They, they get... But the Deadpool is interesting. <laughs> Even with the Jim Carrey? Yeah, like it's good with Jim Carrey, but I think that movie on a whole is a little bit uh Yeah, it was uh, it was right before the podcast. Oh, it was like just... May, May of that year. So it was this close. Yep. Could, could have scooped the whole thing. I'm going to start saying scoop more. Because you're a journalist from the 30s? I got the scoop. Ooh. The Enforcer. Oh, I only give that three stars. Looks like I like Sudden Impact quite a bit. Which one is that? I don't I don't even know. Is he it? looks pretty old. Yeah, well, that's, that's 80. She's 83. Oh, when a young rape victim takes justice into her own hands and becomes a serial killer, it's up to Dirty Harry on suspension to bring her to justice. Ooh, baby. I think it's number three. But if it's not, I don't care. Yeah. You should watch those again, maybe. I should. I should. Oh, good. <laughs> Bagul. Hi, RJ. Hello. Hi. Hello. Well, you're, you're back. My, uh... It uh, my thing said connection lost. Yep. That's did fine. I go away for a while? You, you did. 
for like a couple seconds. It's fine. Am I back now though? You are. Okay. Were you? Did you fill in time? I said, well, I said, Bagul. Speaking of which, is Sinister uh, going to be in your best of the decade? Uh, I wouldn't just say decade, Jared. Have you ever heard of uh, best of the century? Uh, I have. I've, I'm familiar with that tag. Are you? You follow? You see where I'm going here? See where you're going. Well, we'll tag for it. Hey, should I go with the real ones or should I go with funny movies? Like American Reunion. <laughs> or here comes the boom starring your buddy kevin james okay well i'll figure that out we'll figure that out all right continuing on with this email people? uh i think that's good enough okay. chatter okay additionally aside from the winter holidays and halloween what would be your favorite film situated around a holiday it was hard for me to come up with any aside from the peanut specials my bloody valentine and the last temptation of christ I guess that's an Easter film. So if you can't think of any, mm-hmm. I totally understand. Alongside your top films of the decade, I hope you guys go over your favorite first-time watches of 2019 as well. We will. Keep up the great work. Axiom Jackson Maximus. P.S. If Colin right. Richards is looking for some good Peter Cushing, um, <laughs> sure. He might be. <laughs> he could be. Uh, Shockwaves yeah. is a must-watch. The uh, Oh, the, the zombie movie? Yeah. Shockwaves? Yeah, that movie is not bad. It's got some cool visuals in it when they're it going does. into the ocean and shit. Yeah, I took tons of screenshots from that one. I think um, I think my best of 2019 list might be a little underwhelming because I don't think I've seen very many movies of the year. But but uh, movies this, this, like. first first time watches though. Oh, well, even so, that's hard for me to separate. I don't take things right on Letterboxd. Well, or can I just you just go through your diary? We did it before. Uh, okay, I'll try. You'll, you'll figure uh, it out, babe. I'll I'll try. This is why I you mean, have. This is why you have to rate things. I don't like rating things anymore. I get too much heat. Do you? Too much heat. Self-appointed heat. Yeah. Uh, what what Holidays? else did Jackson? Ho- holiday movies. Oh, Easter's pretty cool. I like eat. like you know you have some good Catholic stuff. Prince of Egypt. Jesus of Nazareth. You ever seen those? <laughs> we've talked. We've, uh, we've brought it up before. Uh, what about you? Valentine's Day movies. I mean, my buddy Valentine's kind of the top of that heap. Uh, there's like April Fool's Day. He's got a slasher. A lot of slashers coinciding mm-hmm. with those holidays. There's even that one movie. It's an anthology called Holidays. But mm. I mean, I guess like for like whatever your Veterans Day or your your Remembrance Days, you can watch some mm-hmm. war movies. Yeah, that's a good point. No. Do what I? Un- no. No, I well, was going well, for, to. On President's Day, you could be busting out W, J- JFK. Um, I Secret could. Honor. Ooh, girl. Uh, what was I going to say? What about um underrated holidays? What are you going to watch for Columbus Day? <sighs> Sopranos, that one episode. <laughs> Where they... The, the really uh, bad, the, the only like bad episode of the series. The, uh, where the indigenous folk are protesting yes. Columbus and Sil- they, they're like, we don't have anything to do for an episode. And they're like, let's make Silvio really passionate about Columbus Yep, for a reason. So is that is that the worst episode of the series at this point? Uh, that one's not bad. Uh, or I mean, that one's like pretty bad. Uh, I would say it's that. And then there's one really strange episode where... Um, Car- uh, Carmela's trying to get Meadow into a university and she's trying to use her neighbor and then they, 
they have this really elaborate thing where the neighbor has a twin and then it's like it's set up that they're like twins we were kind of watching it and it's not even bad it's just we were kind of like what is it was like what is the point of this why is this happening <laughs> when's someone going to get whacked well it's just like what what is this like elaborate like sister twin thing going on here it doesn't really Makes sense. Any, anyways, that one was a little bit weird, but yeah, the Columbus Day one was for sure, for sure a little out there. That's why I brought it up. But what is your Columbus Day movie? Pocahontas. Uh, pop on that. Avatar. Fourteen ninety two. Fourteen ninety two. I think I might go with Avatar two. Cool. Is is my Columbus Day one? Whenever. That, what are some other? What? Whenever it might come out. It may. It may or may not. Two and three next year yeah. allegedly. There's, there's, the fact that there's not a trailer is telling. Do you think that they just haven't filmed it yet? Because, I mean, that's possible. He's, he's waiting for that technology to get there. That's why he never did his Spider-Man movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dr. Octopus. I think, I thought that was why you never made your Spider-Man movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger as Dr. Octopus. Or his uh, Planet of the Apes remake with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> as Dr. Octopus? It's Dr. Octopus. I, it sounds like uh, old Jimmy Cameron has a lot of plans, but nothing that he really does. He's a regular Garomo. Mm. Okay, what's well, some other holidays, Jerry? I don't know. There's lots of them. What about Arbor Day? <sighs> you don't have an Arbor Day? I don't. You know, you think you know someone, and then stuff like this. Finally. Shameful. Finally. Oh. Justin Peterson. Okay. Under the wire. Oh, baby. Mm, hey, Jared mm-hmm. and RJ. Merry Christmas. Thought I would take a few minutes mm. between drinking eggnog and decorating Christmas cookies to send a few questions your way for my favorite podcast. What were some of your <gasps> most memorable wow. Christmas gifts growing up? I will never forget the year I got the 1989 Batmobile and a Game Boy. Uh, most memorable, it's got to be getting that Super Nintendo. I mean, before that, I also did get a NES, and that was that was pretty awesome. But the Super Nintendo was a better console, I'd say, on the whole. What game did you get with this with the Super Nintendo? Super Mario World, I believe. Probably. Well, yeah, that was that was a pack in. But uh, what did I get with it? I, I can't remember. If I, got, I mean, at the time, I might have even got the Super Scope, so I would have got <gasps> that uh, that Battle Clash, that horrendous mm-hmm. game. Yeah, we had a Super Scope too. It was really hard to use, and yeah, it took it, a lot of batteries. Yeah, it was shit. Um, the the one thing I do remember is the one the upside with the NES was I got tons of games for it at the time. Nice. But then mm-hmm. when the Super Nintendo rolled out, my parents refused. They're like, "No, we're yeah. not doing this again. We're not buying all these games over again because that's what they that's what they mm-hmm. thought of games." And uh, so I had only like three games ever, and that everything else was rented. So that that kind of was a bummer. Do you ever tell your parents about how you feel about this today? I I text them daily. I hate you. <laughs> why, Jerry? And, and, it's and, like, and, you and, know and why. Then I, then I send uh, attachments of like these games I could have bought and I'd be a thousand air. If, mm. if I'd gotten that, uh, that box copy of Chrono Trigger. You my, probably that, asked for it too because you're a huge nerd. No, I didn't. I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't into cool JRPG stuff at the time. Just now? Well, well, not even probably mid mid two thousands, and then I played them all, or, or tried playing yeah. some, but I don't really finished like Chrono Trigger and uh, Link to the Past. Still, never finished Final Fantasy VII because the game's uh, very boring. 
Well, I think you should do. You, you know how your, your buddy Kojima just came out with that hot new game, Death Stranding. Yeah. Did you hear how he made that super easy mode, which was basically for people who like movies, which was Ooh. I think he described it as just just cutscenes. You mean how I've uh, experienced the Metal Gear Solid franchise? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think he like maybe he he's on to you, and he's like, you know, I think there's some people who don't play these games but just watch the cutscenes. So I think he made a. I mean, as far as I understand, he made a version of that game where it's just like ultra easy, where you just like move the stick and then it just goes cutscenes for like three hours and then that's it. Hmm. Would you be into that? I'd be totally down. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I think uh, my story is similar to yours. I think one year we got a Super or uh, I mean, 64. I think the reason it was a big deal, though, is because my mom got it with Zeller's Point. Oh, you remember Zeller's? I, I sure do. I remember yes. uh, playing a lot of Donkey Kong Country in front of a Super Nintendo kiosk at Zeller's when that was like yeah, brand nice. new hot game. And uh, that's one mm-hmm. of those games that I really do wish I had bought a copy of or had one because I played that so much. Donkey Kong's the shit, man. I got all three of my copies still. Burn that shit all the time. Me, friend of the show, Ryan Nagel, controller flexing, just breaking your controller because you're it's so tense. Mm-hmm. That platforming, it's oh, high... Fuck. Those mine, those mine carts, those uh, forest, oh. those forest levels, just sweating bro- through your I, pants. I, I think the brutal ones, Diddy Kong, the second one, I, I, or is that the third one? For what? For a cart level? No, for uh, the, the the franchise. Is it three? Did, Diddy Kong no, two is pretty tough, yeah, man. Two like, is there's really some hard. levels in two where, like, uh, some of the really tough ones are when you're the parrot and you're you have to fly through yes. like the the, thorn the thorns. Maze. Yep. Oh, fuck, it's hard. Like that, that game's super hard. When I was watching uh, Game Center CX, uh, which mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're familiar with, mm-hmm. maybe okay. So uh, he yep. was he was playing that, and uh, holy shit, I uh, I just had these like because I, I don't think I ever even, I had even gotten that far because that game was so mm-hmm. much more difficult. But uh, yeah, watching that 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 game that will give you the sweats. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you get to the end, you're like, oh, I think I've almost beat it. Nope, nope. nope. That killer croc just keeps getting back up. Mm, killer croc yeah uh king k rule Cake, that's it yeah king k rule yeah no uh, i played the fuck out of donkey kong all of them because uh, i had a lot of time on my hands here and uh i love those games and actually just a couple years ago uh me and friend of the show ryan nagel we did a run through we did all three start to finish it's fucking tough though dude some of those levels are really hard you know what the the, the all-star mvp of those entire that whole franchise is though music is the music yeah mm-hmm Man, it's good stuff. Like yep. you put on, you put on just the soundtrack of those. Things. That's my answer to that previous question. Best soundtrack scores, Donkey Kong Country. So, yeah, you you could talk video game soundtracks, but movies. What's that? What, what's a movie? You know, I don't pay attention when I watch you, stuff. You got to talk to. I have ADD because I played Donkey Kong for so long. <laughs> for so long. Never. I told you the one like. I, I will never forget the dream I had when after I got stuck at that one of the early cart levels in the first game, and I kept mm. I kept falling, kept falling, kept falling, kept falling, and then I like mm-hmm. finally it was like so late, it was a school night, went to sleep, and all mm-hmm. I kept getting was the images of falling off that goddamn cart over and over and over again. It was hell. Maybe that will be hell for you when and then, you uh, and then. The next, the, the next day after school, I sat down. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to beat it. And then I beat it on my first try. And I was like, fuck. Sometimes you just need that little separation, though, Jer. You know, that little time in between. That's the same thing happened to me with uh, Elite Beat Agents for the Nintendo DS. 
That was elite uh, beat, beat agents. Uh, elite That's a beat deep agents. cut for you. It's it was like a fairly well regarded game when I was uh, playing mm-hmm. those DS games. When I would well, act, when I would actually turn on a, a PlayStation Two and you know crank out some Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh, you're kind of like Adam Sandler in that hit movie, uh, Rain on Me. Correct. Or Rain Over Me. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Just like that. Sorry, I, remember, I, remember, I remember that trailer. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, it's Shadow of the Colossus. Sick. KK. Sick with a KKK, did you just say? I, I stopped it too. Oh, okay. Also, whoa. was there a memorable Christmas where your family slacked off and you ended up making some new Christmas traditions? In what sense? I don't know. Okay, well, I mean, there's, we've had uh, one thing, actually, that um, we were kind of, I mean, I don't do it because I'm not mean to my mom, but some of my other family members give my mom grief because one year she made ham instead of turkey. And it was a big faux pas, Jer. It was a big faux pas. No, no ham. No thank you. Uh, traditions. I don't know. We usually have salmon on Christmas Eve. Is that a tradition? Salmon. Yeah. We're what? trying to get back to the Catholic roots, Jer. <laughs> Big old salmon on Christmas Eve. And then the next day we would have turkey. Whoa. And ham. Wow. Is that weird? I'm a little stunned. Wait, do you do, wait, so wait, straight up though, do you like salmon in general? Salmon's okay, but it's nothing I'd be like super stoked about. It would be like very special circumstances where I'd be like, ah, oh, salmon, and uh, munch down on a big fillet, <laughs> a, a well, big, we, big we salmon would, steak. We, we would get a, like one of those Costco salmons. It's just like the whole like fillet off of the yep. side of that salmon, and we just grill that bad boy up. And Not always. I mean, when we were at my dad's house, we'd usually have steaks on Christmas Eve. Yeah, that's, I'm not surprised by that. Yeah. Well, especially with climate change, you know, Christmas is, it's not as snowy as it used to be. So, you know, we do have steaks quite a bit. Yeah. This year, actually, it's not too snowy or cold out. We no. probably could have steaks on this day that this podcast airs, Christmas Day. That's, uh, that's scintillating. Day. You know, one time uh, at Christmas, um, did you, does your family do white elephant? No. I know it's called other things too, like um, some more racially insensitive, but like where everyone brings a gift that's like $20 and then everyone draws a number and number one picks any gift and then number two can pick any gift or steal what number one is. So ideally in White Elephant, you want to be last. You want to be number like 30 or something because then you have your pick of the litter. 30? Like, you fucking Catholics. Well, yeah. Well, when we used to have our big family things, or it was like aunts, uncles, and cousins, I think our white elephant got up to like 45. But there was always that one cousin who like didn't know that it, or didn't have anything prepared. So it'd be like one can of beer, like duct taped to a brick. And he'd be like, here you go. And then you'd have to like open it up with, anyways, we would do a lot of white elephanting. That was pretty fun. Okay. Um, For Christmas traditions, I guess the one that stumbled upon is, as families expand and extended families grow and having to be in multiple locations and you want to like mm-hmm. rotate dinners and such back and forth between those three yeah. big days. Um, that hassle. Th- yeah. So at one point my parents were like, well, we'll have you over for breakfast and mm-hmm. on Christmas mm-hmm. day. And RJ, 
I think yes. breakfast beats out turkey dinner in every way, shape, and form. It is so good. Um, mm-hmm. And so, in fact, I don't actually, I'm not even sure anymore about this, but I think this year for dinner, we're huh. having breakfast. Breakfast for dinner? That's right. Shit, living, man. Living like kings and queens. We uh we just had breakfast dinner like a week or two ago because I, I agree with you. I'll give you this one. Breakfast is awesome. Breakfast dinner is better than nine-tenths of the dinners, nine-tenths of the law for that matter. Yeah. Um, would I pass up a turkey dinner? Probably not, but I would make I would double down on the breakfast. So tomorrow for Christmas Eve, we're we're starting our own family tradition. Do you mean we, yesterday? Uh, where Andrew and I, yesterday, yes, me and Andrea, we have our own thing that we've been doing for a couple of years now, where we uh, we make breakfast all day long, French toast, bacon and eggs, full gras, whatever, just all day long. Baby. Bust out those sweatpants. <laughs> they they haven't been off my body in three days. Would even when I leave the house, just, uh, just cake caked on. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of stuff caked on. I don't want to say what, but... Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, Christmas. Goat movie question of the week. Uh, what are your yes. greatest of all time Werner, Werner, Herzog movies? I would have to Jeez. go with Fitzcarraldo. Um, can I default? Because I honestly haven't really seen that many. Um, well, I mean, I, what have I seen? So he's made a total of like 74 things in his life. I have seen mm-hmm. 28. That's actually not as much as I thought. Well, well, it's actually pretty good, I guess. Um, Fitzcarraldo's pretty good. Nosferatu's pretty good. Mm, Aguirre. Aguirre is like probably always going to be my uh, my main squeeze. Aguirre? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I've seen... And so actually, and, and and uh, Strajek, just because uh, that movie shouldn't exist, and is it Klaus Kinski? No, there's actually no Klaus Kinski in Strajek. Oh, who am I thinking of? I don't know, but uh, it has also been my uh, Twitter and Letterboxed graphic for a long time, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon either. Oh, that's from Strajek. Yeah, I I had no idea. But it's like I said, I don't really know Werner Herzog that well, just by reputation. And he he doesn't know you either. And he's Not yet. A, and he'd be fine with that. Not yet. Are you going to shoot him with an air rifle too? Uh, Not an air rifle, maybe a love rifle, if you follow. So you defer. All right. If you uh, really... Rescue Don. I've only seen four of his movies, Jer. Okay. Seriously. So, wow. Rescue Don, oh. Nosferatu, Grizzly Man, and Aguirre. Okay. That's it. Wow. They were all good. You never saw that bad lieutenant? Nope. Okay. Never seen that Fitzcarraldo. Never seen that even dwarves started small. Oh. That that, that should be top of your list. (laughs) Never seen my son, my son, what have ye done? (laughs) That that production with David Lynch? Oh. Whatever it is. It looks like Willem Dafoe's in it. Yeah. Okay. Michael yeah. Shannon. So, yeah, default. Okay. If you really wanted to check out a 90-minute movie before going to sleep tonight, what would it be? I think I would go with Welcome to the Dollhouse from 1995, which I've been mm. putting off for a long time. <laughs> do it, Justin. Just do it. It's a Christmas classic if there ever were one. Okay. I'll take your word for that. It's, it's a Todd Solins. 
the director of happiness, RJ? I would also, again, like to default. Now to the other side of the coin. What is a really long movie you wish you had time to carve out and watch? I would either check out that four-hour-long version of Hamlet or finally tackle Satin Tang, Satan Tango. Satan Tango? Yeah. Okay, so what would be... Okay, first of all, RJ, what is a 90-minute movie you would watch tonight before bed? Fuck, I I can't tell you a 90-minute movie I've watched in my lifetime. Okay, wait, let's go to a film length. This is going to be difficult to navigate, to be very yeah. honest with you. Yeah. Uh, as far as long movies go, Jer, actually, I don't know. Do you have a short movie? Because not really. Those uh, one, that's one of, the, one of the nice things about uh, film noirs is they're almost uh-huh. always under ninety minutes. Uh, yeah, that's true. I guess. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to figure this out here. Some I went are from horror movies. Under ninety? Yeah, there's quite a few, especially the yeah. uh, Universal horror stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're a light breeze. What about the director's cut of Watchmen? Is that a 90-minute film? Oh, I don't think anything that's a director's cut is that short. Oh, okay. Well, I'm trying to backtrack here because it, I went to shortest first, and it's mm. just all shorts, and it's like, mm, it's not going to work. I could watch, so when, like, the next installment of the Decalogue. Those are, like, an hour apiece. How many are there, though? Like, 12? Well, 10. That's I, – I was close. Deca? <laughs> Oh, it's not just a it's not just a clever name. You're, you can't get anything past you. Hey, you know, sometimes things are just called stuff, and it, there's no like real, real measure to what they're called. You know. Okay, ninety minute films. Let's see here. Um, the Onion Field is that ninety minutes? Uh, nope. Okay, moving right along. Um. <laughs> This is way too hard. I can't think of any ninety minute well, films. How about, how, how about while well, Capes is pretty close. It's only uh ninety-four mm. or ninety-five minutes. I'm unfamiliar with that thing though. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people have been asking me when I'm gonna watch that Capes thing. That, yeah, that, that that is funny to me that uh this Why? man who was like, Oh, everyone gets to watch it but me and now now you don't watch it. It's like it's so typical. It's it's such an RJ move. You know? Hey, I just want things that I can't have. Exactly. This is true. Do you, do you not know that? No, remember. Well, so there was a real issue with it. There just wasn't the time for it. And then uh, I'm going to be straight up with you. I forgot. I forgot. But Andrea did say that she wanted to watch it with me. So it was like, okay, well, we'll wait until there's a time we can watch it together. And then we'll watch it. Uh, maybe it's Christmas. The gift that keeps on giving. And for, yeah, for, for four-hour-plus-long monster movies, mm-hmm. I don't know, the human condition. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a criterion. We'll be watching it one day, so maybe I could, should uh, hold off on that. But then uh, Bellatar movies like Satan Tango, those things, uh, sure, I'd love to watch them. What about Actually, Jesus or, of Nazareth? Uh, that movie's like no, six I'm, hours no, old. I'm good. I'm good. It's good, though. Finally, if you had to rewatch huh. a criterion that you guys already covered on the show later tonight, Christmas nope. Day, nope. what would you watch? Salo. Then same that same scenario for a criterion, re, criterion rewatch you would pick to watch with your family on Christmas Day. Salo. Yeah. Uh, fishing with John for both answers. There you go. <laughs> I would say. Right? <sighs> Uh, I, yeah. I am debating busting out some uh, Christmas horror 
on the family in the next couple of days. What kind? Christ- Can you maybe Christmas or is that a Evil, Christmas Evil, Black Friday, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Could be could be those. Those could be in the mix. Okay, secondary question here, follow up. Yeah. Do you uh how is your family fair with the horror films? Is this something you've I done before? Just dropped never. like like I no? mean rare exports they watched and they were fine with. They're adults, they watch movies, you know. They're Well, yeah, they're I know, but it's squeamish. just you know a lot of people don't like movies, you know. That's true. They these people do like movies. These these okay. animals. These animals. Okay, well what other uh, I mean we we did talk about Christmas horror a while. You're not going to watch that Deadly Games thing with your family? Mm, no. That Santa that, 91800 that's, thing. That's, that's got subtitles. It's a little bit more dodgy. Mm-hmm. They did oh, watch so they Re- they, the but they did watch Rear Exports though. Even though it had subtitles? Yeah, my dad was like kind of really proud of himself. He's like, "See, I can watch movies with that. It's cool. It's cool." I'm like, yes. But it's kind of a notch in the belt, no? Yeah. He he watches them every once in a while and then he brags about it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Hey, there's Shutter exclusive. Better watch out. Oh, hey, even better. Shutter exclusive. All the creatures were stirring. Ooh. You could watch that with your family. Oh. No. Oh. Oh. Thanks, no. creeps. And I yeah. look forward to putting together my best of the decade list for you all next week. What do you Maybe. want to do next week, RJ? Are we going to record on New Year's Day? I'd rather not, to be very honest with you. Unless you want like one of the most hung. Well, I don't know if I'll be hungover. I don't have any plans. There you go. Uh, we we only do New Year's two two ways, Jared. It's either we go out and we really lay it down, or we stay home and order Chinese. So I don't know what. I'm not sure what it's gonna be. You know. I I would prefer New Year's Day. You want to do it on New Year's on Day? the on the evening? Yeah. On the evening, I mean, I could probably cut that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. We'll, we'll yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Sure. Fuck it. Whatever. Fuck I might it. be tired, but when is that different from how I normally? Maybe I'll be. Maybe it'll be an improvement. This, this is maybe the most well rested you've been in forever. It's possible. It's possible. Sure. Let's fuck it. We'll do it on uh, Wednesday. Okay. Well, thanks all for emailing in. Uh, yes. Thank you to all of our friends, close personal friends. Bless you all. And all a good night. Anyway, hey RJ, what you Yo. been what you been creeping on this week? Well, Jer, I watched a couple movies. What did I watch? Oh, I uh, I got my way and Gremlins happened. And uh, how did that happen? It only took three votes, where I kept putting Gremlins back into the mix, and they're, they're like, "Who keeps voting for Gremlins?" I was like, "I don't know. It's really popular," and I just kind of convinced them. Uh, we you, actually you had a coerced coerced them. <laughs> Yeah, I coerced them. We had a tournament like style bracket leading down on the day before, and uh, the the two finalists were actually Santa with muscles and Gremlins because I was just like, hmm, because they were like complaining about. They're like, well, we watch the same movies all the time. I was like, okay. I was like, I'll give you a movie you've never seen before. I was like, what about Santa with muscles with Hollywood Hulk Hogan? And they were all like, hmm. And th- their interest was peaked at that point. And then uh, the day of, I showed them the trailer for uh santa with muscles and they were all kind of like no i don't want to watch that <laughs> they're like we'll we'll go with gremlins whatever just maybe not that movie and i was like good it happened <laughs> so i watched gremlins it's been a while since i've watched it actually uh gremlins is good dude i like gremlins i saw some uh harrowing meta tags on your letterbox referring what did to i put in animal there? violence dog violence 
See, there's a scene in Gremlins where the the nice family dog, no no harm comes onto this dog, but he is endangered at many points. Uh, there's a scene where he's uh, tied up in um, Christmas lights and hanging outside of the porch, and I was like, whoa! It's like I don't remember that. And then they bring the dog in, and they're like, oh, that's weird. I wonder who would have did that. And it's like, what? It's like, you guys aren't fucking all more alarmed that someone just strung your dog up by fucking Christmas lights? I'd be a little concerned. Would uh, you, you know. know? It was a different era. I guess. Uh, and then that dog's in the, in the mix for a few things. But, uh, you know, I don't I don't care about the gremlin violence. But that the mom really wastes some of these gremlins. So I was watching this in the class, and I was like, oof. I'm like, this movie's pretty violent. Uh, you get some gremlin action. The bar scene's pretty good. You have that streaker gremlin. They're smoking cigarettes. They're drinking beers. And uh, Phoebe Cates, she's uh, she's doing her, her job. You got to give it to her. She's All the gremlins are there, and she's still, she's like, you know what? I need this job. I, I can't afford to just take off. And so she still serves them and tries her best for customer service. Do you, do you want to know anything else about gremlins? I, I, I think everyone knows about gremlins. Sure. I'm glad that your students saw the way though, and then not go with Home Alone two. Uh it was so they what what did them in was they split the vote. They went Home Alone and Home Alone food. Ah, uh, fantastic! Yeah, That's so great. they they split their vote, and then I was just like, you guys just did it to yourself. You done you done <laughs> fooled yourself. So I think next year I I might just do Muppets Christmas Carol. It seems like a safe if, bet. If there is a next year. That's a good point. Uh, the world could be over. My life could be over. Or, you know, unemployment is always a factor in these things. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, you, you ever heard of Booksmart? I have. I heard. But, I, I remember when it was, a, it was the darling of cinema for like a weekend. And everyone's like, why aren't people going to see this movie by a first time female director and she's like famous already so it's like oh why aren't people giving this a shot and going to see some other thing and then that that, that seemed to be the entire reputation of this movie and it was like so funny and so original (laughs) uh and i kind of like i don't buy it i i felt i felt being uh tricked and i didn't but i didn't fall for it this time tell me what else your uh male cis white hetero uh personality thinks of this movie that's it. That's all I know. Okay. I, I, I think uh, you're probably right. You think I'm probably right in the sense because you, you've actually seen it. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't have opinions anymore. Right. No. Okay. Here's the deal, Jared. It's not bad. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's got some fun stuff. Uh, like it's all around a well-made movie. It's easy. It's easy oh. to watch. It's entertaining enough. Ooh, baby. Uh, I mean, you're, you're talking <laughs> my language here. It's easy to watch. It's entertaining enough, and it's a well-made movie. Huh. And on top of that, the two lead actresses—they're pretty good too. Alternatively, and consider this—it's fine. Like I don't know—is that like I feel like this is a revolutionary thing to say now? Is that it's like it's fine? I don't know. I don't. I I also don't see what uh, the hubbubaloo was about um, this thing. Like everyone was talking about it, like it was the second coming, and it's like I don't know, man. I didn't see a first. Oh, what am I even talking about? Booksmart. Wow, what's this? Is this movie funny? Uh, it's got some jokes, but some um, chuckles. 
The the biggest thing about this movie that I found distracting, and I know I say this a lot, I don't know if I just have really sensitive ears or something, but the music in this movie is so fucking loud, you can't even hear the people talk sometimes. And I found it really frustrating. That could be, because you, did you watch this on Prime? Yes, I did. Uh, yeah, Prime can be really trash. Like, I have to turn up my TV quite a bit to hear things. And then when we yeah. switch to another, like, service, you have mm-hmm. to turn it way down. Okay, so that makes... I, I think that kind of makes sense. And the reason I bring it up, like you asked if it was funny, is a lot of this movie is like visual audio gigs where it'll be uh, people will be talking and it'll cut to a different scene and there'll be like a music cue and it'll be like burr, 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 and like that's the joke kind of. And it's like <laughs> it's it's fine. Like some of some of them are pretty funny, but at the same time, it's I feel like this this movie revolves around that thing. And I almost kind of think it's like, uh, it's almost like current, like modern internet comedy where, uh, like, do you remember vine and, you know, uh, TikTok, where it's all like music cues and drops and stuff like that. And all the things the kids are doing here, you know, the kids. Yeah. So I, I feel like this is heavily rooted in that kind of world. And like, not, like I said, not that it's a bad thing or anything, but it, it does do it a lot. And I feel like you would maybe get like 20 minutes into this and you'd be like, I'm kind of over this, whatever this thing is. Cause it's maybe it's too, uh, rooted for the kids for uh, a Mr. J F D. Right. Um, but yeah, so anyways, the reason I brought that up was I think a lot of the comedy is based on like musical cues and then uh i just kind of found it frustrating because i'm super old now and i get sensitive to these things but when music is playing and there's people talking and i can't hear the people talking turn it down yeah well i turn subtitles on and it's just like i feel like i shouldn't have to do like i I do this for like all the criterion movies even if they're in english because it's like oh yeah that's nice but at the same time i was like why is the music so loud turn it down fuck but I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe I'm just an old, bitter, cis, white, hetero male or something like that. But anyways, uh, it's not bad. Like the two leads are really good, and um, like it's a it's a well made movie. There's a couple of funny jokes in here. How how, how does it uh, compare to Ladybird? Uh, well, it's got one of the same actresses as, as Ladybird, right? Jonah Hill's sister, oh. Beanie Feldstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's pretty good. Um, the other lady from that Tim Allen TV show, Caitlin Deaver, she was pretty good in this too. I feel like this lady's been like 16 for 15 to 20 years, maybe. Uh, they're both really good. Um, and I think the story is, it's like, it's super bad, right? Super bad with the, the nerdy girls and they're just like oh we regret not going to parties so they're trying to find a party and then they get there and then it's not maybe not quite what they think it is and you know Hij- hijinks yeah hijinks ensue it's so in that sense it's it's like I said it's nothing revolutionary where I think when it came out like I mean it was probably better than a lot of the other shit that came out this year so I could see it in that sense but I don't I don't know why anyone would be like, you got to go see Booksmart, man. You just got to go see it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Well, now it's on Prime. Now it's on Prime. Yeah. Well, that's how I watched it. And it's like 
the thing one thing too i think we've talked about before which is frustrating about prime is there's no advertising for like when new movies get added on there because andrea wanted to watch this for a long time she's yeah. like tell me when Booksmart gets added and the only reason i knew it was on there was because i used that app that just watched thing I, and I, I saw that it was added i just uh discovered that the movie shoplifters which mm -hmm. people have compared with parasite it's on netflix yep and i'm like I well see. shit i guess i should watch that movie finally you should yeah, yeah. And I, I saw that because of the just watch app but i've never watched that's, it that's how i found out because i happened to look up shoplifters just wondering hey what how could i watch this legally and it's like mm -hmm. wait a tick <laughs> wait a second who and you watched monsters inc uh yeah that's a loose watch because uh i was at a family christmas gathering yesterday and it was playing while uh the kids were around so you know a little bit of kid monitoring a little bit of monsters inc uh so i counted it as a log anything to boost those numbers that's right juke those stats uh and uh you know i think monsters inc is really good never seen it really never i don't want to overhype it for you dude but it's one of my favorite pixar movies okay Everyone, uh, everyone's got a favorite Pixar movie. I would say Monsters Inc.'s up there with one of mine, like top top three for sure. Okay. Uh, it came out when I was 11. My mom took no. me to see it twice in theaters, and I was like, I love John Goodman. And yep. he's a big kitty, and who doesn't like that? Yeah. Monsters Inc. is very good, my friend. So uh, I don't want to talk about that in any detail, okay. but. Uh, Fine. I I watched I watched a a Christmas horror today. What kind? Called, or was it literally a Christmas horror? It's a Christmas horror movie, and it's called Elves. 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 Okay. It's uh, a it no, no. Okay. <laughs> it, well, what it, is it? Then? It is a movie uh, about these three girls, these high school girls. They want it. They want to get with some boys, and so they find a book about witchcraft. They go. Mm -hmm. This the movie starts off immediately with them going out to the woods, and they they get down the ground. They read some incantations. Uh, one of them accidentally cuts their hand. Some blood goes into the ground, and then they leave. And out comes a elf, an evil little monster elf. It's like a naked little okay. weird looking dude, like two feet tall, but it's clearly just a man, mm -hmm. and sometimes just like a prosthetic torso with a face on it yeah it's or bust i guess very okay. strange um there's a a lot of incest references in this film that i was not expecting there's a scene where like can you elaborate well i will don't worry don't rush me <laughs> i mean i'm getting there okay. I, i'm not going to just leave that one um <laughs> so this one she this girl comes back home uh mm -hmm. she lives with her mother younger brother and uh a grandfather in a wheelchair Okay. She, she goes to have a shower, and her little brother's peeping in on her, and she's like, what are you doing, you little pervert? And uh, it's like, I'm your sister. And she's like, yeah. I'm, well, it's like, what are you, like, a creep? It's like, no, I'm not a creep. I just like uh, looking at naked girls. And she's like, well, I'm your, but I'm your sister. It's like, yeah, but you got a great pair of tits, and I'm going to tell everyone I saw them. And okay. I was like, huh. And this kid's 10, and this girl's like, whatever probably 25 playing 17 okay P peculiar peculiar mm -hmm. moment and then and but then she punishes him by like chasing him under the bed and tickling him from behind and it's like what? and then what happens and then there's a cat and you know what happens to cats in horror movies rj 
So in this particular one, there's this nice little black cat. I don't even know what its name is. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's like laying in bed crying. It's I'm living a stereotype. I'm alone on Christmas <laughs> with my only my cat is my friend. And I'm like, what's so bad about that? Sounds like a really good life to me. And honestly, I kind of feel like I wish I was doing that right now. Right. So right. Yeah. and then we get a scene later where the mom sneaks up on this cat in one take with a pillowcase. Mm-hmm. And just like takes the cat up in this pillowcase and walks away with it. And you can see the cat clearly is having a lot of fun with that, as cats would. Mm. And, and then they, they cut to another scene. But then we cut back to the mom with the pillowcase, but there's like now obviously like nothing in it, but there's like like stuff in it that's supposed to be the cat. And she proceeds mm-hmm. to drown it in a toilet bowl. <laughs> like Why? I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't, okay. I don't, I don't know. And then she buries it in the backyard. Well, now you're at least good as fertilizer. And that's this is what happens. Uh, these these okay. these girls they uh, break into a mall because they work in like a, at a pretzel store. Sorry, a donut shop in the mall, like within this larger department store thing. They break into it and they because they, they want to make it with boys in the tents in the department mm-hmm. store after hours. Um, there's also at this point, there's like this like elf, right? This, this killer elf that's like stalking, mm-hmm. stalking around and stabbing creepy sand mall Santas who like talk about getting oral sex and doing Coke. He gets, mm. he gets stabbed in the dick. Okay. And so now they have to find a, a new replacement mall Santa and they find this guy played by Dan Harrigan, uh, okay. who is baffling. I have no idea what he was going for. He might have been drunk the entire time. Nice. But he he's playing the mall Santa. But he's like onto this. He's he's because <laughs> he used to be a cop. But then the, he 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 got done in by the bottle. He couldn't solve any more cases. So now he's just mm. uh, he's just, he's just a damn rummy. But now he's got this sweet department store Santa gig. He doesn't want to fuck it up. But now he's on the case, and he's like, "Yeah, there was this elf." He was going around killing these people. And, of course, this old cop knows his story. He's like, I'll give you 24 hours to prove it, you old homeless bum. And when he does, he's given this opportunity. But mm-hmm. then we find out that uh, the one girl who survived this mayhem, because the elf breaks into the mall, kills a whole bunch of people, except for right. Santa, the girl with the incest brother. Mm-hmm. That's about it. But now they're like kind of teaming up and working together. Girl goes okay. home. She finds out that this this these elves this elf thing is real. And uh, it's all part of a Nazi plot. So her grandfather was a Nazi. And okay. one, one of the things that the Nazis were doing was researching how to, like, create a master race. And one of those ways is to breed elves with human virgins. So he, this Nazi man, uh, had sex with his own daughter to create okay. his granddaughter. You see, if you're following this. And now, mm-hmm. and, and now this elf is, like, hunting her down so he can impregnate her and begin the master race that will take over the earth. Now elves is a Christmas movie. Um, in the loosest sense <laughs> there and, and, um, and Santa. So we have, again, Dan Harrigan is the mall Santa drunk. who's like on the, he was just, he goes to a professor at his home on Christmas Eve and gets this, gets this info dump about Nazis and elves as you would. And at one point his, daughter the, the the professor's daughter over here is what's an elf elves and he goes elves he's pro- correcting her uh pronunciation it's very good uh yeah this movie is not very good um but is, but memorable but memorable is um 
Is this capes too? I don't want to overplay my hand. Okay, okay. So wait, when did this movie come out? 89. It sounds like a, it might be a little bit ahead of its maybe time here. Maybe, maybe. Because I feel like it's doing things that other other movies are only really dreaming about. <sighs> maybe. So mm. I watched Elves. And then, you know what I did today? For some what? reason, I was looking at options and I was like, fuck it. I'm going to watch Friday the 13th from 2009. Yeah, I uh, I saw you log that today and I was kind of like, what? What's he doing? I I just wanted to get it over with. I don't want to spend my next Friday the thirteenth watching this uh, Friday the thirteenth. I'm just gonna do it now. That's no, probably fair. No one can stop me. And this movie's really bad. <laughs> oh it's, it's Wait, you don't like Ninja Jason? I don't even know what you call him. He I, well he's like on top of the house and then he's well, like in they, the shower and you're like, How do you get around they, so fast? They basically do three movies in one. Yeah. So you get the first movie out of the way where Jason's mom immediately wants to take revenge on the campers, which mm-hmm. makes which actually does make more sense. Why would there be a delay? Because she thinks that Jason's died in the lake, but he's clearly right there watching when his mother's head gets chopped off. Yeah. That's that's the cold open. And then we get a scene that we believe is like the start of the movie, but they basically do an entire like, I don't know, Friday the 13th part two in 15 minutes. And like, it's just such a weird vibe where he's just... Butchering and killing people left and right. And then we get the Friday the 13th credit mm-hmm. title. And you're like, oh, the movie hasn't really begun. And then it starts feeling like a real movie. We have one of the brothers from Supernatural. He's the good guy. He's the good brother trying to find a sister who's gone missing mm-hmm. from the fir- from the prior installment. And uh, all these scutchy, yuppie assholes roll in. And it's like they all suck. They have like the, the it's Tell like, more. it feels like a Michael Bay film. Of mm-hmm. course, it's Platinum Dunes produced by Michael Bay. So mm-hmm. you have like, you know, the black guy who always says, why are you asking that? Because I'm black. It's real cringy. We have a Asian guy who is kind of like the joke is like he, no one wants to have sex with him because he's Asian. It's, it's all, it's all. Can you repeat that? Uh, it's on the record. Um, so we have that. Like, it's just the shit you expect from Michael Bay comedy. Mm-hmm. Like, things that they that he thinks is, like, really good and plays to the audience. Mm-hmm. And maybe it does. It doesn't work for me, though. You, everyone, all the... Uh, fuck. The, there's, like, the main scutch. He's uh, just, like, so one-dimensional and just always, like, just espousing horrible rich guy stuff. So you're like, I don't care about anybody here. All, mm-hmm. the, the, all three of these girls are completely interchangeable it's about yeah. it is about getting their tits out and, oh. yeah there's an entire scene where the, the 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 scutchy man has the girl riding on top of him and he goes on about her superb tits were they their tits sure <laughs> sure you I heard mean, it here first folks they're their tits i mean there you go enough said the, the so in my mind i was watching this it's so it's edited so boringly it's so contemporary for 2009 the, it's mm-hmm. got this bad high contrast and uh oh i uh was comp- mentally comparing it to hatchet which sucks mm. but the the gore and effects are incredible this doesn't even have that yeah so big thumbs down for friday the 13th remake okay so but you liked it though right yes that's kind of what i take from yeah. this 
So what are you? Uh, so next up's Freddy versus Jason, hey? Well, no. Oh, so you won't get to that for like what another two years? Maybe. Yeah, pro- yeah probably. Hmm. And you've never seen that movie? I have. Oh, you have? But, but Did see, you see it in theaters? No, I uh, watched it on Blu-ray. Ah. So do you remember no, what you thought? I remember not being very good. Okay. So so I have to now watch all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Mm-hmm. And then I have to also watch that Nightmare remake that I've never seen. And then I can watch Freddy oh, vs. Jason. You've never seen that Jack Earl Haley, huh? No, nope, I haven't seen the Rorschach version. Well, I think I'm going to, I think I'll go on this journey with you. And I, cause now we're actually even again. So I think if we start the nightmares together, yep. then we, uh, we'll be in good shape. When's our next Friday the 13th? Let's have a peek. Have a, at have, the a calendar. have a boo. boo, boo doo, doo, boo, doo. March. Oh, that's not bad. It's not bad at all. Nope. And then. November. Okay. So, so we well, get two next year. Two. Nice. March and November. Right after, right after Creeptober. Oof. Well, well, I mean, yes. What you said is accurate. RJ, you don't need news. There was something I wanted to talk to you about. St- Stephen King's Carrie. Why would they even bother because, with that Because it's all Stephen King now. We live in the Kingverse. In the Kingverse? Hey, I, I'm the one who wants the Kingverse more than anything else. But it's like, why even bother with that shit? Just do something else, you guys. Just do something else. Here's a headline I, I just saw. J.J. Abrams responds to Rise of Skywalker critics. They're right. <laughs> okay. I'm sure there's some a little bit of mis, misguided context there. But, you know. Whatever. Now, or is, there, is the criticism you're responding to, is it the, this movie's too brilliant? They're right. Oh, they're right. It's uh, one of the highest achieving we've ever had. Yeah, that movie is kind of, uh, I mean, it's only made, what, $175 million in three days in America, oh, North America, lovely. but it's considered a middling success. Yes. <laughs> and uh, because it's made less than Last Jedi, which is not good. That's not a, that's not a good yeah. thing. Hey, if it doesn't make a billion in a day, it's probably a piece of shit. <laughs> Got that right. Hey, it sounds like a... This The Witcher from Netflix. It seems like everyone's saying it's the new Game of Thrones. Of course they say that. Because, of course. Because they're idiots. Of course. Well, you're not into The Witcher? It seems like something you would be into. Well, I do have the first novel, the, fir- or uh-huh. the first collection of short stories. Okay. And I was reading it, and I was like, this is very generic, fine fantasy storytelling. There's like nothing sure. special about it at all. Uh, the, the idea of watching a – it's live action, right? Yep, it's got right, your, a, a our boy Henry Cavill. Okay, so I mean, the idea of it sounds decent enough. I would yep. watch it at some point, but uh, I'm not running out to do it. Like a lot of things, I guess, because it's it's, if, it's it's an investment of time. Because it's what, yeah. t- is it like ten, thirteen Eight. episodes? Oh, that's not so bad. And but an hour yeah. a piece. Mm-hmm. What about that Witcher three video game that uh, broke all the waves? You're, Which uh, one? I mean, can you even play the first two? Because it seemed like Witcher three was the one that was like widely available because the I other two were like, two were like Polish PC or something. Yeah, yeah. See, that's Trixie. See, that's, yep. that's how I first heard about it. Cause I remember the video games were a big deal. And then, mm. uh, then I found out afterwards, Oh, it's based on books and there's comics that have Mike McNola mm-hmm. covers. 
Well, don't don't uh, one of your friends, uh, one of your pals, Corey or Lawrence, don't they play uh, video games? I'm sure they're into they this Witcher do, Three world. And I, I think that Corey probably bought one of these, but I have no idea if he's ever actually played them. Mm. Well, that's big if true. I'm just I I'm interested in it. It looks cool. That's why I thought you might. Uh, because I know you're a big fantasy guy now with your D and D and I, I do. Uh, all your things, dragons and orcs and and owlbears. Okay, well, maybe after Sopranos, I'll try to convince Andrea into it, which will probably not happen. But uh, maybe I'll uh, do it on my own, as is the fashion. Well, hey, what? <laughs> you know what I heard? Godzilla versus King Kong going for massive reshoots. Oh, yeah. Poor screenings. Oh, you know yeah. who's directing that bad boy? Vindengod? Oh, old shit guard himself. Yeah, that movie's not going to do good. Mm. Like, if they're if they're reshooting the whole thing already, seems like well, a problem you never here. know. Maybe it'll be a workout like Sonic. Remember that Sonic? Uh, that Sonic yeah. trailer? They just I remember. But still looks like a piece of shit. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. We'll see. When is that? That's gotta be soon, no? Like March or February. Or I, I, I always just say March. Just March. When, when does that come out? March. Well, we got all the really good movies coming out in January. You know what comes out on my birthday? What? Bad Boys Three. Bad Boys for Life. Oh. We gonna go see it together? No, because you're gonna be drinking somewhere. Alone. Unmourned. Unloved. I could be dead. That'd be preferred. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Well, I mean, that's all the real news I had. So unless you have any uh, actual news. No. Um, it seems like the world is a bad place, as always. Yep. That's pretty consistent. Yeah. What are you going to do? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Okay. All right. After the break, um, we're going to get married. What? And then the allies are gonna bomb us. Huh? And then and then we're gonna go to war. Maybe be dead. Who? Der Herrmann ist tot. 
My man is dead. Der Film Die Ehe der Maria Braun ist ein bewegendes und spannendes Sittenbild der frühen 50er Jahre. Hanna Schigula als Maria Braun. Eine Frau, die sich mit allen Mitteln zum Erfolg durchkämpft. Nicht ahnend, dass die Männer in ihrem Leben bereits über ihr Schicksal entschieden haben. Schau mal. Schau mal, Bill. Das ist der Hermann. Sie können Ihr Verhör beenden. I beg your pardon? Ich habe den Neger erschlagen. Ja. Herr Senkenberg hat schon richtig verstehen zum Geschäft, aber ich verstehe was von der deutschen Frau von Nylon und Gewebten. Ich verstehe überhaupt sehr viel von der Zukunft, da bin ich sozusagen Spezialist. Frau Braun hat doch wirklich keine Erfahrung auf unserem Gebiet. Dann macht sie eben jetzt welche. Ich heiße Karl Oswald. Hermann Braun, ich bin ein Freund Ihrer Frau. Ich weiß, was wollen Sie? Ich wollte den Mann kennenlernen, den sie liebt. Die Ehe der Maria Braun zeigt die große und dramatische Geschichte einer Liebe. Die Geschichte einer Frau zwischen zwei Männern. Klaus Löwitsch als ihr Mann Hermann Braun, der aus Liebe zu ihr einen Mord auf sich nimmt. Ivan Desny als ihr Geliebter, der bekennt, Hermann Braun war mir ein Freund, obwohl er die gleiche Frau liebte wie ich. Ich bin traurig. Die Ehe der Maria Braun ist eine authentische Schilderung der 50er Jahre. And we're back. This is the Criterion Creeps podcast. And tonight we're talking about The Marriage of Maria Braun from 1979, directed by Rainier Werner Fassbinder. The tagline for the film, RJ, a German woman named Maria struggles to live through World War II. Not accurate. Um, no. <laughs> I mean, if, if it had said after, yeah. <laughs> then that would that would be pretty, pretty accurate, no? Yeah, it would be a bit more. This is like, uh, they kind of skip over that whole entire period of time. Well, I mean... You know, I'm sure if someone was asked to describe your life, they'd probably leave out some of the finer details, yeah. no? Yeah. 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 Okay, good. The synopsis. Near the end of World War II, Maria marries Herman, who is immediately sent off to battle. When the mm -hmm. war concludes, Maria believes that Herman is dead. She starts working at an allied bar where she meets American soldier Bill. They start a okay. relationship that is interrupted when Herman returns alive. During a scuffle between the men, Maria accidentally kills Bill. Herman takes the blame and goes to jail while Maria begins a hard new life. Do you think that's more accurate? I don't know about the hard new life part. Yeah, I mean, I mean, she has challenges, sure. But there's not anything about it that's really like... <clears throat> Who writes the reviews for these again? Just anyone? Just any old asshole off the street. Oh. So, okay. what what is this BRD trilogy, RJ? Uh, is this the BPRD trilogy? That's, that all I, that's all I think of when I see it. 
Because <laughs> uh, when you mentioned that in the preamble, when you're like the BRD trilogy, and I was like, what the hell is he talking about? I was like, did I miss something? Is there like, more like, Hellboys like, like coming out? Hell on Earth? <laughs> yeah. I was like, what's going on? Because I feel Plague really out of the loop. So um, tell me about it. From anonymous assholes on the internet. Okay. The films are connected in a thematic rather than in a narrative sense. All three okay. films, uh, which we'll be talking about in the over the next three weeks, all mm-hmm. three deal with different characters, though some actors recur in different roles and plot lines, but each one focuses on the story of a specific woman in West Germany after World War II. The three-letter acronym BRD stands for Bund- Bundesrepublik Deutschland, the official name of West Germany and of the United Contemporary Germany. Fassbinder had the idea of making a series of films that focused on West Germany during the economic miracle of the 1950s. The main characters were all female, representing different people in different circumstances. While the original treatments and stories were developed by Fassbinder himself, the detailed scripts of all three films were written by screenwriter Peter Marthsheimer, who had worked mm-hmm. with the director as a, as a commissioning producer and script editor of some of his TV projects with the help of his then-partner Pia Froelich. The films were shot and released in a slightly different order to their accepted numbering. Maria Braun, released in 1979, is the earliest in terms of both production and the chronology of the plot, beginning in 1945. However, it only became part of the trilogy retrospectively when Fessbinder added the caption BRD3 to Lola when it was released in 1981. Veronica Voss, uh, released a year later as Fessbinder's penultimate film before his death, included the caption BRD2 and is set in a slightly earlier period than Lola. Fassbinder did not intend the series to stop at a trilogy, but his plans to make further films in the same mold were cut short by his death. Um, the more you know. So there was a lot of fun names in that description. Yes. Like Goober Gottman and... Frolic. Frolics and Schlingles. And uh, lots of culturally sensitive names. Yeah. If you understand what I mean. I mean, okay. Okay. That's uh, descriptive and uh, informative. Thank you. You're very welcome. So, mm-hmm. Mary Rich and Maria Brown. I had never seen this before. I haven't seen any of these three. Uh, my Fassbinder knowledge is not too deep. Uh, the, er, the first and earliest uh, that I'd seen was Ali, Furious the Soul, which we talked about mm-hmm. several weeks ago. And mm-hmm. we both were fans. Yes. But I've also seen a couple of his other films that were a little bit more experimental in some of its formal elements. And so I was kind of curious which Fassbinder was going to show up with Marriage of Maria Brown. And it's kind of in between. Uh, One of the things that jumps out at me that I see in a lot of his other films that I have seen so far is his use of fonts and his uh, title cards and his use of credits, which in this are in this kind of like elaborate, kind of like uh, mono-red calligraphy. Mm -hmm. And you're just like inundated with names that are just popping up on the screen. And for me, a colorblind person, uh, it kind of buzzes on my eyes and I I, I can kind of read it, but I don't really know what's going on. But mm-hmm. he, he's very, um, this suggests the playfulness of sort of his uh, use of film, which is, I guess, different than some of the Germans. I mean, Werner Herzog thinks he's having fun sometimes when he's uh, crucifying <laughs> monkeys and uh, mm. <laughs> uh, putting uh, indigenous people through uh, hell. <laughs> but but it's neither here nor there. Yeah. Same with that, Jarrett. As a non-colorblind person who doesn't have the baggage of Werner Herzog uh, looming over him, uh, I thought those opening credits were great. Yeah. Because of the uh, 
like the frantic nature of what was happening and then the they credits nice. coming on it was kind of like a comedy almost yes. i was like i was like what such fun well such it, fun kind of jumping the gun like the end of the movie and then the ending where, also, where, where yeah. they just they just start playing even though yep. the movie's not finished and it's like go home folks <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i uh i i liked that quite a bit too i was like hey look this is something people would try hard people would try today but you know <laughs> back then quite good yeah cutting Quite edge good. uh so the movie opens up like the movie does play as like a dark comedy uh yeah. it opens up with maria getting married to herman while mm-hmm. the uh civil office is getting bombed the shit out of and they're still trying to get married and then there's a guy who has to sign something and they're like we didn't get the thing signed off so they go find this man who's now face down dying and they're like, getting his hands like come on you just got to finish writing it out but it's, mm-hmm. and it's played like not kind of neutrally so, which I think also adds to the humor, and mm-hmm. then it, and then we jump ahead, and we're being informed that uh, Maria is waiting for her husband to return from the front, and but no one knows where he is. He could be dead. He might. Who knows? He, she has no information, and uh, we get kind of this like the that post-war image of just like a bombed-out city, rubble everywhere. Lots of walking around through rubble, which is curious because the movie is made in like what seventy-eight. And uh, there's this, still these parts of uh, Europe where you could still go and things are still in, like, just shit. But who knows? I don't know if they're still bombed out from that initial thing or they're just, like, being bulldozed and he's just shooting them in those types of sites. But mm-hmm. that's always the curious thing about Germany is you're never quite sure. Well, it, it's a, it's, a, it's a place in transition, RJ. Oh, it's a transitioning location. I understand. Uh I kind of felt that too, like not in, um, again, jumping the gun a little bit, but like, uh, I kind of liked the scattered nature of that a little bit where it was kind of like, sometimes they're just in buildings that were half blown up and they're just like walking through the holes in the walls. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, Hmm. I was like, it's pretty wild. It's what, how it was mm-hmm. crazy stuff. But I, I thought it fit with the storyline too, with the old Maria Braun kind of moving around in her, mm-hmm rubbled relationships you know so it's her and her sister right uh, i i or sister that... or maybe sister-in-law i i was kind of like i was a little confused at one point i was like it's either like her just best friend that she calls a sister or it's like an actual sister or cousin or yeah, something because I mean, it could be who knows see that's the thing i'm not sure if it's her because it could be herman's sister and they she's just living with them or it's kind of like oh maybe something like that we, who knows yeah. these familiar relationships that we were encountering where it's not like like explicitly stated like we're like yeah come on my sister we have to do we have to talk about this that's not yeah. happening here it doesn't really matter too much but there's like kind of moments where uh, it's kind of confusing just a tad but anyway we mm-hmm. get the scene where they're getting made up because they're they got to made they got to work they got to make a living in this uh this economy uh and so they're getting mm-hmm. gussied up they they start they have lots of makeup on hair's done up looking like poodles and uh, they, they go to they go to work at yeah. the American GI nightclub where women mm-hmm. aren't allowed, but you can if you're an employee, which is a nice little loophole. And that's a good... hmm. I didn't I didn't pick up on that part. Like I knew I saw that they were there, and then when when they come back, I didn't realize what the uh, the contingency there was. Yeah, I think it's explained uh, when it's the interrogation of her by the police. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, it's being read to them by the American and then the Germans, the German guys translating it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I so, yeah. So Maria starts working there and you're getting like these kind of moments of like her trying to figure out with her, whether she doesn't know if her husband's alive or dead, and, but, but she is very committed until she, mm-hmm. something fully commits, like proves that he's dead. And that day comes when her sister roommate, sister-in-law's uh, husband returns and says, oh, he's mm-hmm. dead. He died. I saw it kind of thing. Like he was, he was like, absolutely. Yeah. She's he's pretty confident about it too. Yes. Yes, he is. And so she, she yeah. goes ahead to move on, but she's not even, she's not even like, she's okay to meet another man, but she is not going to marry anybody. Like she's still, mm-hmm. I'm still married. I just, I still married this man. I owe it to him. And so mm-hmm. she starts uh hanging out with this guy, Bill. Bill's a good dude. So, soldier Bill, mm-hmm. uh, African-American man. He's mm-hmm. uh, n- not this like, you know, strapping young man. He's like a burly man. And, he's a man's uh, man. He's a man's man. Uh, I, I don't think he's a professional actor. <laughs> he seems a little awkward mm. on camera as a performer, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm not going mm-hmm. to yeah, bust, bust anyone's balls here. He's mm-hmm. fine. And uh, they, they, he starts teaching her a little bit of English. They, they have these mm-hmm. nice little scenes of them walking around. And uh, then we get some, uh, some belly rubbing mm-hmm. and some back rubbing. Very, very sweaty, Oof. sensual moments. Do you ever have any sweaty, sensual back rubs in your house? Maybe not sensual, but sweaty. No, uh, no not yet. No. I, I'm a big fan of the back rubs. Sweaty, yeah. not sweaty, whatever. Like, I, oof, baby. No. Continue. So, so they're, they're, they're hitting it off and, uh, but they're, they're about to get down again. Mm-hmm. You know, as they're doing, we've got Bill down to just his uh, wool socks. Mm-hmm. And over in the doorway, there's Herman. He's alive, alive and well. <laughs> and he's watching his lady bedding mm-hmm. down with another man. And uh, he takes it as well as you'd expect. He belts her one. Bill's like, whoa, whoa, that's no way to treat a woman. He's like overpowering Herman, who's very distraught by this whole thing. He doesn't understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. He's probably a mess. You know, he's been in like a, a Russian jail all this time. And uh, I guess has just been released. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, Maria doesn't know what to do either. And she winds up uh, cracking a bottle right over the back of Bill's head. So how'd you feel about that scene? Because I was a little conflicted for the most part. Because when, when Herman came, I was kind of like, who's this old pervert? And then you see it happen and you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I got you. I got you misunderstanding i mean rightfully so it's a pretty tense scene pretty tense because all uh, like it's all kind of like one shot almost it feels like it is and i think i said before i think bill's a good dude and i kind of felt bad for bill in that scene because i was like you know bill was doing the right thing the whole time he never he never like forced himself on anyone and he was just there for her and then i was like oh man they did bill dirty shit happens i was like is this a metaphor i don't know i don't know I don't know. That's above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I guess there's this, also this implication that uh, Maria is pregnant with Bill's kid, but she's still not going to marry this guy. But mm-hmm. but but then it's kind of uh, that's resolved off camera. There's mm-hmm. there's <laughs> it's yeah because so that's another thing like. I I feel like I say this sometimes. I don't think the movie's confusing, no. but at the same time, there was a, a little a few times I was playing catch up where I was like, wait a minute. What happened to this baby? Because it gets mentioned for a while, yes. and then it's just and then it's just not mentioned anymore. It's yep. like, well, I know she went to the doctor. Yes, there's the. And doctor. I know the doctor's doing his own deal. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, uh, they're, they're, Christopher Montesante style. Yeah, 
And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, and then there's it was uh, like, so there's no baby. No, there's a lot of talk. There was a lot of talk. And she goes to this doctor quite a bit. And, mm-hmm. and you're always wondering what the relationship is there. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, again, uh, interesting scenes. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, Maria's being kind of uh, tried, I guess, for this murder of this American soldier. And uh, after explaining and uh, her devotion to Herman comes through, Herman's <laughs> like, I did it. I'm the one who killed him. <laughs> and he goes to jail for it. And uh, mm-hmm. Maria decides, I'm going to do whatever I can to make this right because I still love my husband. This is like she absolutely stands by him, and so she mm-hmm. everything she's doing it kind of like orchestrates that. And like really okay. up to this point, mm-hmm. the only thing she's done wrong is the uh, you know moving on, unknowing that her husband's still alive. So mm-hmm. she starts like stepping up her game, and she starts uh, in what sense uh, her her seduction. Of of of, oh my of God, she, and she uh, she she gets out of that uh, you know riding coach on a train. She goes mm-hmm. to first class. There's a a nice uh, French German man, Car- Carl Oswald. Oh, Mr. Oswald. Yes, he's an mm-hmm. older man. He's in the textile industry, and she and she plays her cards out there. But she's a she's a tough as nails broad. She knows her mm-hmm. way. It's like how do you know English? I learned it in bed. It's like. Uh, there's their yeah. So she shows her stuff, and uh, it intrigues him because he's an mm-hmm. old. He, it turns out he's a horn dog. And he, well, and he, I and mean, he, and who isn't? Who isn't? So, so, but she's playing that game. She's playing hard to get. She wants to be his mistress. That's what she wants. She, she'll work for you. She'll be around mm-hmm. you at your beck and call. But at the end of the day, you can't have me because she has to also. Be, she's playing this angle. She, she's got. She's doing. She's setting stuff up. So when Herman gets out. He's going to have a great life with her, but she's got to do what's necessary to get to that point. And uh, she starts climbing that uh, textile game, working this mm-hmm. guy into a frenzy. He wants her real bad. And one day he follows her, finds out about this Herman guy in jail, and Herman goes and uh, he gets paid a visit by Oswald. Oswald says, hey, uh, you when you get out, you got to leave. You got to go to Canada. Canada, RJ. <clears throat> now, was there something that I missed? Like... Uh, some, <laughs> excuse me, some part of intricate German history that Canada had this connection, or was, is it just a funny coincidence? It's a, it seems like a exotic location to some. It's where you. It's, what Canada? It's, yeah, it's it's where you go when you want to drop off the map because no one's coming to look for you in Canada. Well, shit, that's actually kind of true. I mean, think about it. If you wanted to, you drive four or five hours from here, no one would ever find you. When I was watching Blue Collar the other week, Harvey Keitel's a bail plan of like leaving his family behind and getting out of this situation with the union trying to kill him, go to Canada, just right across the river, get to Windsor. I mean, to Windsor, that's too, uh, well, yeah. I think you could, uh, you could uh, escape to Canada pretty well where yeah. no one would ever find you. Go become a, really. a maple syrup farmer. It's not, you know what I heard once was that 90% of maple syrup comes from like Eastern Canada. And, uh, and it's still not that great. No, but 100% of Canadian economy comes from Western Canada. Ah. Oh, ayo. Oh, hey. So hey. Uh, mm-hmm. Maria plays the game. She gets rich, mm-hmm. buys a big house. Her mother. Yeah, she does. Oh, yeah. There's also this, uh, her mother. Her, her mother's got her game going on. She's there sometimes. She, she's got her thing. She's uh, yeah. picked up this uh, younger man. 
this real bozo in a wife beater and shorts. I got a good screen cap of that. That might be accompanying this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, he's born kind of like on the peripheral, and uh, they they want to be in this house. Look at this great place. She's like, nope, mm-hmm. I want to live here alone. So she's waiting for Herman. So uh, eventually, our uh, Oswald dies, dies off camera. He, he, he had, he had it's alluded to before, yes. and then it, yeah, and then it just happens. And then it happens. And mm-hmm. then, of course, they uh, now Herman can return from Canada, back back to Germany, back to the Deutschland, mm-hmm. and they start having this long conversation where he's wearing this fedora for a very long period of time. And I'm become mm-hmm. very aware of it. There's kind of a coldness and distance there. She's changing out of clothes. She's wearing this very alluring lingerie, and then she's wearing mm-hmm. a dress over top of it. There's a lot of back and forth, uh, very uh, theatrical. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's this scene that like kind of they keep playing it out where she leans over a, a stove top, a gas mm-hmm. stove, lights a cigarette. This time yep. though, she doesn't turn to the knob, and I know what's going to happen. I know, I know what it's going to be. And then the, the the tensions play out, the 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 frictions as they keep talking, and these scenes keep going. You're like, what's going to happen? That house is just filling up with gas. What what what's going to happen? And then finally. The house explodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice big callback to the beginning of the movie of being shelled out by Allied bombers. It's like nothing ever happened. Did they ever leave? Well, I think it's a metaphor for Germany in general, Jared. I think this movie is many metaphors layered on top of layers. Do you understand? I, I can only begin to fathom it, the depths. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what did you find of uh, this movie? I liked it. You did it. a good job outmining it, and you liked it, you say. I like this movie. Um, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I still would say, like, Ali Fury's The Soul is more my speed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like those melodramas. This does not, this is not a melodrama. It definitely feels mm-hmm. more of a kind of a film exercise, and there's like kind of a rough idea there. And it's not a movie that's really meant to be got very easily, and it doesn't care if it's really got that easily. But. Mm-hmm. It looks, I think it looks great. Um, the movie, it feels um, very naturalistic, even though it's like at times very stylized in the way mm-hmm. that the story is depicted. But yeah, no, I, I just, I found that it was a, kind of a, a refreshing movie. I, I've, I've been really enjoying like these German, uh, these new wave German wave movies that we've been watching. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what's his name? Schlondorfer. <laughs> Who? Sorry, Schlondorfer. The uh, oh yeah, who's that? Lost. What was it? The lost case of Katharina Blum. Oh okay. Lost honor of Katharina Blum. Lost honor. Yes, mm-hmm. and the the one the World War One World War Two one black and white Le Le Ofra. Yeah, that. Yeah, wait, that I'll find it for that, you. That that ticket. Anyway, I've been really enjoying these. Like these, mm-hmm. I, I I love the feeling of them. They don't. They feel different. Um, than American seventies movies, obviously they're being made in a different country with a much smaller budget. But just mm-hmm. I, lo- I like the approach. Even right. that, even that Werner Herzog guy we've talked about before, you know. Well, uh, that Herzog. That Herzog. Okay. But yeah, I I thought this was uh, another pleasant surprise, and I'm glad that we're breaking these up into weekly installments rather than watch three mm-hmm. two hour movies in one week. That would let them breathe. Let them breathe. We got time. No one's going anywhere. It and was coup de gras. There is a coup de gras cat. The the mm-hmm. Dufro one's the uh forties the forties one. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right, right, yep. right. Okay. Anyways, hey RJ. Yo. What did you think of this marriage to Maria Braun? 
Uh, I also liked the marriage of Maria Braun um, for a few reasons. Uh, as I said before, I think the intro is pretty nice in the sense where it kind of plays like a comedy, but it's so like kind of hectic and all over. You're just like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> what, what, a, what a fun way to start a movie. Let's see what happens. And then you're like, oh, shit. Girlfriend got married. Now he's gone. And... Uh, She's looking for him. She's holding up those signs. I feel like this movie has a uh, very natural, like, as much as she does, I, like, I wouldn't say she's quite the Forrest Gump trope where it's like story after story after, like, side quest after side quest. Uh, but she's got enough where it's kind of like, yeah, in the span of a person's life, I feel like you could go through all these things where it's get married, lose husband, advertise for new husband, get new husband. Uh-oh old husband uh-oh old husband new husband yep. conflict drama no. uh, uh-oh old husband gone new husband gone hey guess what secondary new husband or adulterer and it's like so that's the thing it's it's not quite the force gump thing yet but uh i think it goes through enough where it's like yeah it seems like a normal life sure so uh i like the intro i like the movie itself um it's it's just a well well made movie. It's watching it, you're like, yeah, this is a real movie. Uh, I know that sounds not, silly, not a, but not a fake movie. Well, sometimes we watch movies on this Jarrett where it's just like, whoa, you're like, what is this? Not real movies. Let me go to let me go to the end of my uh, <laughs> rated here reviewing here. Let's see what we got here. Element of crime. <laughs> there you go. Schizopolis. You know, unbearable lightness of being. Any of those movies will do. Magic flute. So you you watch those and you're like, uh, what what's this doing in here? And then you watch this and you're like, this is a good movie. It's like, is this criterion worthy? Doesn't really matter. That's not a real thing. But you know, at the same time, pretty well put together. And it's like I said earlier, I think there's many metaphors here above our pay grade for sure. But I was like, hmm, I wonder if all of her remarrying and partners is metaphors for people and the political state of Germany before and after the war, before, during and after the war hmm. with her allies. It's like mayhaps, mayhaps. And then it's like, oh, here's this nice American gentleman, this African-American man. And it's like he he gets done wrong. And it's like, I wonder what that means. So there's many things there. I'm not about to say what I believe those feel because I'm probably wrong. And I feel like other people would say that better than I would. But I think that they're there. Those illusions are there. They exist. I think you could pull many things from that. So that's cool. Uh, as I said earlier, I actually, I really like the backdrop with like old ruined Germany. Super cool. Like um, I think one of the better ones is really early on where she's with like her mom and uh, they're kind of moving through their apartment and they move through the holes in the walls oh, yeah, to yeah. get from room to room. You're like, nice. You're like, that's uh, that's cool. Even though it's like, yeah, that's horrible. That's how people live. But, uh, you know. It's kind of like Umberto D when he's got that yeah. big hole in his wall. She's got that big hole in his wall. And it's like, yeah, well, that's kind of how this goes. It's like, what are you going to do? Build a new wall? With what money? It's inflation, Jarrett. Don't you know about the war? With the man in the White House? I don't think so. So uh, I thought that was really nice. And it, it 
it doesn't come it's not like they're all the time but it's consistent because even later on near the end she'll be like walking through an old building and there's just bricks everywhere and like she can't walk up the staircase and then she just turns back around she's like guess i can't go any farther and it's like shit metaphor point metaphor man do you think coming at you metaphor is coming at you do you think at a certain point germany couldn't move any farther jared there's also lots of nice visual uh like setups in this thing one thing that i actually thought was really well done was um when she's at like that party with oswald and it's right after they kind of have one of their blow-up things and uh there's like a dance with that old man and she's like i'll go see what's going on at the other end here and she kind of dances her way from one end of the room to the next to like to get to him right. but the way she dances she's just like her arms are like down at her side she's not really moving a lot she's just kind of going with whatever the dance is to get from one person to the other i, I like that i was like she's just kind of floating around the room kind of like life jerry you're just kind of floating around the life do you know what i mean i, I know exactly what you're saying <laughs> you know how, you know how political states and countries do similar things yeah arms to the Probably. side Arms to the side. Uh, this movie also has a ton of uh, good screen caps and funny jokes. Like I have one thing where I'll put it on the Instagram later, but uh, she's talking about old balls. I was like, that's pretty funny. She's talking about like when that American guy comes in who's really drunk in the, the train scene. And he was like, what are you good for? One of those uh, sexual acts. He <laughs> says it in a more prerogative way, Jared. Mm. And she's like, get out of here with your old balls. She's like, nobody wants any of that. And I was like, it's funny. She's quick. She's got that poodle hair that you mentioned before, and uh, she's dropping hot burns on uh, all the fellas out there. But yeah, it, it's good. It's a good show. The only thing I, I was like, I feel like they did Bill dirty because uh, I think he deserved better than that. And it's too bad. We've all got it coming, kid. It's too bad. But yeah, it's a good show. I got some uh, some production trivia here from uh, anonymous assholes on the internet. In order to sustain, sorry, should start here. Bad tempered and quarrelsome. Fassbender shot the film during the day and worked on the script to Berlin Alexanderplatz during the night. That's that 14 hour uh, mini series that we get to watch one day, RJ. No. In order, you know, I mean, Fassbender's working out pretty good. We'll see how the next two go. In order Mm -hmm. to sustain his work schedule, he consumed large quantities of cocaine supplied by the production manager, Harry Bear, and the actor, Peter Burling. According to Mm -hmm. Burling, this was the main reason why the film went over the budget, as the cash for the cocaine was coming from Fengler. Uh, uh, Let's see here. Fengler uh, would have been one of the producers, I think. Something like that. In February 1978, the budget was reaching 1.7 marks, and two two most expensive scenes, the explosions at the beginning and at the end of the film, had not yet been shot. By the time Fassbender had learned about Fengler's deal with Echelkamp and the overselling of the film rights, he felt deceived and broke with his longtime collaborator, Fengler. He demanded the status of a co-producer for himself and obtained an injunction against Fengler and Echelkamp. Fassbender fired most of the film crew, ended the shooting in Coburg at the end of February, and then moved to Berlin, where he finished shooting the last scenes. Consequently, the biographer Thomas Elson, Elsizer called the production of the film one of Fassbender's least happy experiences and Berlin one of the most decisive self-destructive episodes in Rainer's life. Is this 
it's hard to like quantify self-destructive or not even self-destructive but destructive episodes after remember when you're talking about Ali Fear Eats the Soul and you were talking about that the like (laughs) the waste that came from uh that him and his relationship with his relationship Yeah. yeah it's like I feel like most things would pale in comparison to that but so they they feel that this was just as bad or well, one this is of diff- this his is one of one of his least happy experiences and, and one people, of the most decisive self-destructive episodes. So people really shit on Fastbender, eh? Well, I think he, was he a I, weird dude or I think, like what's I think, going on? I think he shit on himself a lot. Well, it happens. You know that self-deprecation thing that people are really hot on now? Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe he was ahead of the curve and he was just self-destructive. I think I think there was a whole lot of that. Um, sure. Maybe we should watch a documentary about him one of these days. Is there a 14-hour one by chance? Uh, hopefully. Oh, nice. If not, maybe that's our next uh, our next goal. But yeah, okay. so this movie was you know well regarded, all that, this and that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to hear about who hated this movie? Um, I guess. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who hates Marriage of Maria Brown? One star by Livre Square. Yeah. After watching this film, I checked out Wikipedia just to check out what sort of douche made this film. And boy, did the personal life and controversy controversy section on Fastbender's Wikipedia page deliver. Overall, actually watching the film, 1 out of 10. Reading Fastbinder's Wikipedia page and realizing what a horrible human being he was, but at the <gasps> same time being morbidly fascinated by him, 8.5 out of 10. Uh, I mean, some of their ratings I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not upset about. They gave half a star to call me by, their, by your name, and it's like, that's cool. Most of their five-star films are just anime but also Jennifer's Body, Cleo oh. 5 to 7, which pops up in five stars a lot, which is strange. So lots of anime and Miyazaki's. But then, you know, also Shape of Water, Black Panther, Force Awakens. So that trifecta there. Right there. Right there. Uh, from Chloe, one and a half star. Okay. I didn't like Maria Braun. I get how you could interpret this as a feminist film. And sure, that's cool and all. But she mm. was a bitch. She used people. And I also get that she's a product of her circumstances, having dealt with the war, but it still doesn't excuse that she's a shitty person. Also, in the end, it turns out the two men were actually using her and kind of renders the whole film pointless in my eyes. Yeah, it's kind of fair, but I mean, I wouldn't, you know. Well, I mean, that's it's weird because it's like none of this exists in a vacuum, folks. Yeah, that's 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 even more true. They gave uh, Chloe gave Raw half a star, which I I find funny. Now let's go to some five star films here, Jared. Uh, Spider Verse, oh, Split, not great, not great, Jared. What else we got here? Movies and movies. Okay, well this person and the last person gave Moonlight five stars. Moonlight's a good film. That's fine. Just you know trends I'm noticing. All of the Marvel movies, five stars. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith. I wonder if Seven Pounds is in here also. Nope. Nope. Finally, we're going to do Luke, two stars. Okay. I really just don't care for movies where the sole point is that the character is a sociopathic capitalist solely looking out for themselves. Mm. Nightcrawler, story of women, and this all have that thread in common. But where Nightcrawler has some intense sequences, the other two are more 
couched in drama and brutality of choices. Oh, what horrible ideas. Why would you make a movie like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Focusing in on this film, it opens wonderfully. Absolutely love it. And I was 100% on board with the film up until Maria's black lover exunts the film in a pretty absurd way. From there, mm-hmm. it just maintains its path and shows Maria being an increasingly messed up sack of shit. Special mm-hmm. attention deserves to be paid to her dialogue, which, more often than not, are cliche one-liners that actually make me ache. Petra von Kent or Jean Dillman, this ain't. Were it not so long, it'd just be a decent movie, but at cocaine, but at cocaine up Fassbender squeezing two hours out of this, it's just not all that valuable. I, I always like that, that throwing out some cocaine references, and that's good. It's good. Hey, 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 people forget, and you're the champion of this, but of cocaine-fueled movies can lead to greatness like Maximum Overdrive. Exactly. And and uh, was that Cujo? Uh, oh, well, no, he doesn't even remember writing oh, Cujo. Because of the, of the drunkenness? Because of the coke. Of the coke. It right, was a right, mixture right. of both. It was just one day he woke up and Cujo was just written on his dresser, and he was like, okay. Not He's shocked like, since this one is made so much more oh, accessibly more. and commercially, but still, how do you go from Fear, Fear Eats the Soul to this in just four years? Well, he might have answered his own question in the, the paragraph there. Cocaine. But Cocaine. I don't know. They're both good. They're, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I'm I'm not even going to lie to you, Jer. Luke's doesn't have bad opinions. Okay. M- most of the five-star films are things that we like mm-hmm. or Criterion movies, things like Mulholland Drive, things like Silence of the Lambs. But there's also five-star films like Night of the Hunter. And what else do we got on here? Ooh, good five-star films. Swiss Army Man, Blair Witch, Passion, Joan of Arc, Perfect Blue. Ooh, Funny Games. Bad one. Bad one. You almost had me, bro. You almost had me. It's divisive. It is. Which one? Funny All Games. Of them? Ooh, here's some weird shit. One-star films, Dead Ringers, Virgin Suicides, Exorcist 3, Grey Gardens. Weird. Real weird. Ugh. Wild. Wild stuff, man. You know, it's it's hard to say. You know, I bet if people looked at your one-star films, they'd be like, what's up with this Duncan guy? Oh, surf Nazis must die, one stars. The fuck? Movie's wicked. You ever heard that soundtrack? Hey, you remember when scores got brought up earlier? Yeah. What about uh, surf Nazis must die? It's not too bad. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Well, there you go. Cool. Um, any other thoughts? No, I, I I liked it. I thought it was good. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's hey, folks, you get what you pay for. Uh huh. After the break, RJ left the gas on. You just had that one last dart. Forgot to turn it off. Do you think that's why my my furnace wasn't working this morning? Oh, I don't know. Is that, is that how those uh, eco friendly ones work now? Well, I do like the darts with the the eco pilot light, yeah. you know. Right. That's it's a cleaner burn. Yeah, you should stop doing that. It's a cleaner burn. Think about the kitties. I don't do it around them. I'm not an animal. <laughs> well, when it takes up the whole house, everything inside will go too. Oh shit.
So RJ, how are you? How are you going to spend the rest of your Christmas day that we're absolutely recording on? Alone, crying with a cat. Uh, I don't know if they're even going to hang out with me now because sometimes they get they, they get, get really like um they get scared by the sobbing. Yeah, by the sobbing, but they actually get really petty like because they learned it from me. Where it's like if I'm gone for a while and then I come back, they're like fuck you. They're like we don't need you. Whatever. Whatever, and then they, it's like to prove a point, you know? Right. So uh, I'll probably cry for a while. What about you? I don't know. Eat, eat more food. What kind, salty or sweet? So sweet. Just put that chocolate right near my face and just like roll them toward my mouth. Yeah. My, my tongue will find it. You can email us at yeah. criterioncreeps at gmail.com and tell us about how your Christmas went. Did you get mm. everything you hoped for? Ew. We've got a Facebook page. We're on Instagram. We're on Letterboxd. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. We've got a YouTube. We're on that final stretch, RJ, to 1,000. Oh, yeah? yeah? How close? Like almost 100, but we're getting there. We're in the 900s nice. now. It just grows by itself. And nice. like, in, we haven't even had a shitty comment in like the last week. It's been great. A whole week without one? Yeah. That's actually a, a record for us. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, perhaps as a, you know, you could convince someone uh, to, like, out there, people, you know, mm-hmm. donate to Patreon. You <gasps> know? We're a couple of tiny Tims over here. We're going to die. <laughs> you know, a few years from now, they'll be like, hey, what's that little, uh, what's that table over there empty with that, you know, microphone and laptop open? Mm-hmm. And the Skype just, you know, RJ's trying to dial me and there's this, Jared's not around anymore. Hey, guess who's unemployed again? That's right. Could sure use some money. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, yeah. iTunes, sure. Google Play, all those. Patreon, Tumblr. Tumblrs. OnlyFans, apparently, with the oh. sexy girls are on now. Oh, 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 yeah. I just heard about the OnlyFans. That's well, uh. Do we have one? Not yet. Woohoo. Patreon goal. There's going to be some negotiations. There you go. Next week, the BRD trilogy continues as we go to the second film or third film, depending on how you count. Cowboy 2? Spine 205. Veronica Voss. Or Veronica Voss. AKA The Golden Army. Directed by Guillermo del Toro, I believe. Uh, still Fastbinder, but. Uh, that's okay too. Um, what's this one about? It's about a woman. Cool. Fantastic. Enough said. All right. Well, uh-huh. go eat your salmon, you That's weirdo. Night. I know, my friend. Well, it's a, now it's Boxing Day. Oh, that was two nights ago. We had salmon. Damn. But see, time travel gets weird. That's look. Ooh, she's, it's about a, it's about a drug addict. What salmon? Veronica Voss. Oh, um, what I, kind of drug addict? Uh, salmon. Oh shit! Oh shit! Good night. Woo.